Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to day 10 of our World Cup on the Post podcasts. Um, I'm your host Adam and um, you're witnessing a bit of history here because I'm joined joined by Scott. Hello Scott. Hello. And um, Scott and I spoke to each other for the first time ever about four minutes ago. So um, you, you, you discuss as well as I do guys. So um, let's have, we'll have a bit of fun here. Um, so day 10. Uh Getting into the the second round of group games now, well and truly into it. We'll start off with um, the most recent game, just finished 15 minutes ago, and that was Germany versus Sweden. Um, Sweden took an early lead, um, went in in a half-time 1-0 up. Germany on the cusp of going out of the tournament after two games, but um, an early and a late second-half goal saw saw Germany over over the line, uh, sandwiched between that with um, a red card for Jermaine Boateng. Um, what are your thoughts, Scott? Um, a very mental, very weird game of football. Um, I thought Sweden were very unlucky. Um, two penalties, I think, they could have had. I think the first one was a bit a bit dodgy with Marcus Berg going through one-on-one and then Jermaine, uh, Jermaine, Jerome Boateng taking him out. I don't know if it was a penalty for you. I, I think that's a penalty. Yeah, same. I, I, I think that um, the way that he's, he's put... Put off balance before he gets his shot away. Bertan gets absolutely nothing of the ball. Um, comes across the defender. I completely agree with what Roy Keane is saying um, in the punditry at half-time where he's saying that if your your defender's got to do something and you'd be disappointed if he's not, not trying to act on the, the player or the ball in some way there. But sometimes players try and do those things and the result is a penalty. Yeah, and um, he was last man. But I think they've changed the rules nowadays where it's not the triple whammy, where it's a... Sending off a penalty and a red card, so I think at that stage he would have just been booked because I don't yeah. think he'd even been booked at that point. No, well, for for Bertang, it got a little bit worse for him as he got sent off later on the game, which which was a very very stupid challenge. But um, Sweden um, were poor for about the first ten minutes, but then really grew into the game, deserved the lead. A brilliant goal from Toivonen, um, a great ball in, lovely control from. Uh, Toivonen chest control and lobbed over the keeper and that, evidently that's his first goal of, this, of um of the season because he didn't score for Toulouse last season at all. Ah, that it was a it was a beautiful goal. It was so well taken. Yeah, um, a little dig. And, uh, there's actually a, a, if you're looking on on the match report on um, the BBC Sport website, they haven't managed to to put the highlights together yet. They've just got a still of that, and the the ball is probably. Nearly in this picture, which is beautifully timed, the ball is nearly six foot above Neuer. Wow! At that point, oh wow, that's brilliant. So, um, 
I, I don't know about you. I was talking to some friends at, at halftime. Um, I thought that um, this game for Germany was exactly a carbon copy of the Mexico game, regardless of the cop- the changes that um, Joachim Lowe had made. Uh, it was having no effect. They were they were dominating possession, dominating the ball. They weren't really creating clear cut chances and and carving Sweden open. And Sweden were catching them on the break again and again. And much like in the Mexico game, a more clinical team could have gone in two, maybe even three goals up. Oh, completely agree. Um, the, the chances that Sweden did create, um, they just need a bit more clinical. And as in, as in the first game, Mexico just absolutely tore um, Germany apart last Sunday. So many times I, I was screaming at the TV, either in the pub or when I got home from watching uh, the first half in my local pub, just, just to be more clinical. At times it was just Rudiger and, and uh, Berteng just on their own halfway line. And it was just like Forsberg and um, and then a couple of other Swedish attackers attacking them at will. And it was just, it's painful to watch if you're a Germany fan because it, it mistakes were happening. But uh, evidently, um, changes were made at half-time and we saw a different result in the second half. Um, a bit of a, a lucky goal with Royce when it come, were coming off his knee. Yeah, um, but you could see then just uh, the, the, they've made the change. They've gone to a, I'm not sure if you'd call it a 4-4-2, four, four, but they've definitely gone for maybe two strikers up front. Yeah. They definitely t- Tino Werner had moved out into a, a wider position on the right, yeah. where his, his pace was a bit more of a threat, and um, he puts a good ball in, and you could just see the difference in mentality immediately. Where I think Germany have got four players in the box attacking the cross, and the result is 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 evident. But they managed to get that first goal, but they, it was still like watching something out of the Three Little Pigs. They were huffing and puffing, but they they weren't quite. At that point, you still thought that maybe Sweden's house was made of brick. Yeah, they were they were sitting back, frustrating, frustrating, and frustrating. You could probably see by uh, the balls they were trying to make. Some of the, the German players were getting frustrated. I could see Thomas Muller getting very frustrated. And when when Bertain got sent off, you, you were thinking it's just not going to be Germany's day because they were pushing, pushing, and pushing, and Sweden were just not budging. But then you just get this lucky break at the end where Jimmy Dermas, if he stayed on his feet, this result would have been, uh, the winner would have been irrelevant. And you've been thinking of, of saying a, a one or draw, but Tony Cruz does a bit of magic. Probably the worst player on the pitch scores an absolute wonder goal. And well, that's, saves that's, only, that's only fair because uh, when because he was the worst player left on the pitch. Yeah. Because really <laughs> we need case. to, you talk about Bertang. Bertang was lucky not to have been sent off already. Like we, we said, yeah. uh, he got away with the incident for the penalty, which though there was obviously no punishment at all. Um, there were a couple of tackles where you thought, how many more of these is the referee going to let him get away with until he gets booked? Mm. He then does get booked. And then there was a very odd incident with the actual sending off. Yeah, it's like it didn't get picked up straight away. And then, did it Did it go to VAR? Because I didn't see if it did. I don't, then... it, I don't know if it did go to VAR, but it shouldn't have gone to VAR. Because no. he, was, he, was, he was given a second yellow card. It, I don't think there was anything... It was a very bad tackle. And it was one of those yeah. ones that I think that, as much as um, regular listeners to the Man of the Post podcast will know my, um, my fury at the... Um, how the level of punishment changes for a second yellow card. This was very much worthy of that second yellow, in my opinion. No matter whether they're the, they're clearly not the same. This was a bad enough tackle to to warrant it. 
Um, but it, I don't think it was bad enough to warrant a straight red card. So VAR shouldn't have even looked at it. I don't think mm. it was referred. But someone somewhere must have had a, a word in that referee's ear because there was a good 30, 40 seconds between the yeah. tackle being made. What looked like um, him, the referee, telling Swedish players to go away. And then a, a change of tune. It was it was bizarre. But uh, Boateng had actually got an absolute hammering on uh, the punditry at halftime by Gary Neville. Um, he was swanning all over the place. And it was... <laughs> It was one of those things where he mentioned it at half time, and you know when you you can then st- not stop noticing it yourself at sec- in the second half. You was, notice things. There was a moment when he was, um, I think, on the left side of the pitch, about thirty yards from his own goal, and he lost the ball, and Sweden started to break, not with any great pace. It should be said because Sweden in that second half did get very leggy, but he just strolled back, meandered. I, t- I think I timed it. It was about 40 seconds. Oh, wow. And he he is a centre-back. I'm sure yeah. I remember that. That's how I remember him playing. Do you think the sending off was like via Zidane in 06, where it may have been shown on the big screen, and then the referee took action? Quite possibly. I suppose... I... There was, I think there was, um, there was, there was talk on commentary that they were saying that he was waiting for play, all the players to get on. The referee was waiting for players to get all get on their feet, which sounds like a very dubious response to me. I think someone somewhere has seen something. I know that you're more likely to have those sort of inc- instances now, where with the referees all mic'd up, there doesn't have to be this sort of over the top going over and talking to the linesman or the fourth official mm. and them covering their mouths. But uh, anyway. Uh, I don't think it's something that's worth getting in, torn up too much about because yeah. ju- justice was done. Um, yeah, he got he's got his, he got his marching orders in the end. Yeah, um, but uh, it was an absolute punch in the gut for Sweden. Yeah, definitely. It was like the kick in the teeth, kicking the nuts. So they defended so well for ninety plus five, and then just a, <laughs> a, a bit of stupidity from the substitute, and it's cost them points and uh, the game against Mexico during the week is uh, looking a bit more tougher. It, wow, it's an absolute bit of absolute bit of magic from from uh, from Tony Cruz though. Um, a little a little touch on the free kick shifted to, to her better angle and the amount of bend he's put on that ball. The, yeah. the, no, no matter how tight the angle is, I don't think the keeper had a, ch- a chance there. No, as soon as you knew it, it was, it, he hit it, it was going in, and um, it was an absolute one strike. It's probably oh, maybe one of the top five goals of the tournament so far. Oh, oh. at a stretch, at a stretch. I know we're early in the tournament. What else have I got? To go. There's the the Nacho goal. Yeah, the Christian Eriksen goal. Colorado's free kick. Ronaldo's free kick. Yeah, Dries Mertens goal. There's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's in it's it's in contention. It's in the conversation. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. I'll very much give you that. It's in the conversation. And um, so also in Group F today earlier on, we had uh, South Korea versus Mexico, um, a game that uh, Mexico were always very much in control of. An, an early Carlos Vela penalty um, <coughs> put Mexico one up, and then um, Javier Hernandez um, put them ahead with uh, put them even further ahead. Sorry, in the. Um, Early in the second half, with um, <coughs> with um, Song Hong Min scoring in the the ninety third minute, um, a got a, a game full of goals that um, viewers of the Premier League will um, be more than familiar with. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Um, especially Sun's goal. Um, not a bad consolation goal, even though it um, eliminated South Korea, and it may look like he has to do his voluntary military eighteen month stint, which could hinder him in in for Tottenham in the future. Yeah, well, wow, that, this is an absolutely laughable situation, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, he's still got a couple of opportunities, I think. But um, yeah, so the the penalty was awarded. It was. Uh, one of the more clear-cut penalties in, in the, yes. this World Cup, I think. Sort of uh, yes. a, 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 sl- a sliding South Korea defender, the ball, a hand straight up in the air. Um, no arguments from anyone, I think, for, for that penalty there. And Cawley slotted away by Carlos Vela. Um, so, Mexico... This was a bit of a gut shot for Mexico, this Germany result, because um, until, until 20 seconds on the end of that game, they were into the quarterfinals. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Do a second stage, yeah. So, oh, sorry, sorry. yeah, second yeah. stage. Last sixteen. Still, you're right. I'm getting yeah, over excited. It's not the Euros. So. <laughs> um, yeah, it's but it's still a, a a good result. I know it's maybe a, a kick and kick. And oh the yeah, they definitely. You kick. definitely can't be disappointed by having six points from two games. Two games. Yeah, conceding one goal and beating Germany and beating South Korea. Um, Mexico. They look good. They look. They went a bit further than the Germany game. Um, they just need to be a bit more clinical. If they come against a better side, maybe in the latter stages, it could hurt them. They I, I think that's that is Mexico for me at World Cups. They yeah. always look good. They always look promising, and they always come up just short. Just short. Yeah, they always talk about this fifth game. They always keep getting to this fourth game. Kept getting knocked out. Um, the second second round, like last time, it was Holland and that dodgy, dodgy, dodgy Iron Robin dive. Um, but yeah, they they look really good. Vela uh, Hernandez, who scored his fiftieth um, international goal, um, he, he looked quite good. Um, Hervin Lozano um, is going to get a lot of lot of media attention and a lot of eyes on him in this tournament. And, uh, Rightly so. Yeah, annoyingly, um, annoyingly so, because he's been linked with Everton. Oh, yeah, and he's been linked with Manchester United as well. Well, that's um, what's happening now, isn't it? He's getting yeah. he's getting more expensive and more out of our price range as every game goes by. Um, I, I gather yourself are an Everton fan. Yeah. Plus, with the new PSV uh, director of football, you might have a, a, an inkling of a chance, but it's going to be big money. And he's been one of the players of the tournament so far. He's looked really, really good. The only downside is probably the... Def- uh, not the defence, the midfielders like Rafa Marquez. He's like, is he thirty nine? He is thirty nine, yeah. And he made a couple of mistakes. One almost led to a goal where Achoa had to bail him out badly. It was just like a short back pass. If they can get that out of this system, um, they could be one of the teams to watch out in the latter stages of the tournament. I think they but, they, they look they look for me they look defensively organised. Yeah, and they look clinical. They look cutting on the break. Maybe clinical is not the right word because. Sometimes it's not about the final ball. It's literally the final. The shot on the shot is letting them down. The end product. Yes. But they are getting. They will get into positions and they will cause. I think they'll cause any team they play against a threat. And they're yeah, not. They're definitely not a team you want to go behind against. Oh no, no, because they they will sit back and they will counter attack like they did so many times today and so many times they did on um, last week against Germany. It's like uh, Lyon, um Hernandez. And uh, Lozano, they will just attack at will, and they will cut you up and attack with will. And if they can, if they be a bit more clinical and goal, they they could be t- someone to watch out for. 
And yeah, well, and that is exactly where um, where their second goal came from. They South Korea obviously uh, after losing their first game, desperate for for a result here to keep keep their World Cup alive, um, pouring players forward, and and Mexico just clinically picked them off, cut through and Hernandez with with a beautiful goal. And um, like you said, just to to tap it off, Son's goal was it was Son's wasn't a bad effort today. We've had some no. We've had some good goals. We've had a lot of goals today. <laughs> we've had some good. We've been. I think we've been blessed today. Um, not with uh, a couple of days ago when it was one nil, one nil, one nil, and it was not the football purist. Today we've been blessed. Yeah, very much so. Um, so that is, um, leaves um, Group F with um, with only one game remaining. Um, Mexico play Sweden and Germany play South Korea. Um, at the moment, the standings are Mexico top with top with six points, Germany and Sweden level on on three points. South Korea eliminated on zero. Germany and Sweden both with a goal difference of zero. <sighs> Germany are going to sneak out of this, aren't they? Yeah, you know, it's not going to be Das Reboot 2.0. It's the, I think they might kick on. It, I'm going to feel sorry for Sweden because they could have got... And really should have got something out of today's game, and it could have been a bit more difficult for um, for Germany against South Korea. But I can see Germany laying down a foundation to let. Sorry, they laid down the foundation for today's second half performance, and keep will keep going, and might stick a quite a few past South Korea. Where I can see Sweden struggling against maybe an understrength Mexico side who have one eye on the uh, last sixteen games. Yeah, the only problem Mexico have is the fact that the only the only problem sorry Sweden have is that Mexico aren't now through, so Mexico might rest a few players, but you've got to you've got to keep a little bit back, haven't you? Because there's a danger that yeah. you, you end up you end up allowing Sweden and Germany through this. Yeah, and they, all three teams could have six points, and that's where it really does get interesting, and the calculators come out for who will qualify. If um, if Sweden had just managed to hold on, if if you could, would have left it in, um, left it out of Germany's hands, and Mexico, I would have branded them enemies of football if they hadn't let Sweden through, even if they just played for a draw. Yeah, they could have done the. Is it sweet? What Sweden and Denmark did to Italy in Euro two thousand four, and just kept the ball, and then I think the game ended two two and knocked Italy out. Just keep, they could have kept the ball for ninety minutes. Both teams to play it. <laughs> just a bit of uh, like what some. Teams, I think Coventry done it to Morecambe or vice versa in the end of the League Two season, where Morecambe just kept the ball for five minutes and that relegated uh, Barnet at the Football League. Yeah, you could have some a bit of bit of that in the World Cup. Well, a shame. I, I'm sure every every Englishman can um, can accept that uh, seeing Germany go out in the group stages would have been beautiful. Yeah, and I think most of social media um, would want it as well. Um, They're a bit lucky in the end, but you have to be lucky in some games. And it showed it showed up today. And you never know the game against South Korea. They could slip up, or they could more than likely pick up three points and qualify for the latter stages. So um, uh, I'm just. Not really stick my neck out and say that I think that as I expected, Mexico and Germany are gonna gonna make it out of this group. Do we think that this, this is a catalyst for Germany to to go on, or 
do we look at them and say uh, the first decent team's going to pull them apart? Oh, if they play like they did for the first 50, 55 minutes today, then yes. Um, I say if they come up against, what, could they face Brazil in the, la- in the second rounds? Uh, I think it, it's it's all gone up in the air now, hasn't it? When you've got a situation yeah. where German, you know, you think Germany could finish second, you think Brazil might finish second, Argentina might finish second. People, it's difficult to say exactly exactly who's going to finish where, who's going to play what now because I I think everyone maps it out and just automatically puts those three teams top of their group most of the time. Yeah, so it could be Serbia, Switzerland, or Brazil facing Germany in the latter stages, and all three teams looked have looked good in this tournament so far. I know Brazil were a bit lucky in the end against Costa Rica, and um, and what I saw a bit last night, Switzerland looked very good, and Serbia looked good against Costa Rica, but it's it's and how you play on the day, Germany have looked very very dodgy at the back, and if any any counter attacking team. And a bit more clinical in front of them will will put them to the sword. Well, that's it. I think you make an excellent point there, and that's something again that that Gary Neville picked up on post game, where he was talking about how how um, so many of these Germany players have played for Bayern Munich, have played under Pep Guardiola, and that he thought that this Germany team was kind of one that was torn between two tactical systems, where some players were trying to they were trying to play this mix of possession based. Guardiola-esque football and a more old-fashioned Germany style of football, more direct, playing into the box, um, trying to create chances immediately. And um, he was pointing out, and <clears throat> as something of a, um, a a Pep Guardiola fanboy over here, having read read a uh, uh, Pep Confidential and the, and the books about Pep and so on, um, one of the things that uh, he he noticed and, and studied when he first moved to Germany was this uh, ferocious counter-attacking that, um, that Bundesliga teams liked to, uh, mm. liked to liked to play. And he was obsessed with coming up with a sort of a, a tactical system without the ball to try and, or sorry, with the ball to, to nullify that when, when teams come at them. And it was to do with playing um, fullbacks very narrow into that space to try and sort of block it off immediately and Germany don't do that Kimmich plays anywhere but fullback so no he's more like a right wing like a right high white ugh, high right wing so he's like almost playing like as a a second winger basically so um he's not going to do that job the I, the the left back isn't going to do that it can't can't do that job on his own anyway and, no. and it also isn't doing it I think that they don't play with proper pace out wide. They play with with um, with wide midfielders who want to play with, still want to play within the, in the sort of the confines of the eighteen yard box. Yeah. So there's no 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 ideal width. I think the most the winger that they could have is Leroy Sane, but he's not there. But Marco Royce is is not a bad player. He's an excellent player and he, he's more adaptive to play out wide. He's done it so many times for Borussia Dortmund and Germany. He, he looked very good tonight and he could be the start of the key man for them out wide. I, I think that for Germany to sort of get get beyond this... Um, this just Well, just this risk of counter-attacking football yeah. every time. They are going to... Joachim Lowe is going to need to earn his money and he's going to... He even needs to get his full-backs to play how they used to play for Bayern Munich 
or he needs to get them to stop playing this Guardiola light esque style of football because it's one of those things you either commit and do it, and you don't have Guardiola as your manager, so you probably shouldn't, or or don't do it at all because a halfway house is just looking looking poor. I'm not sure that they've got the legs in midfield to to do it. Kadira in the first game looked like like he was uh, either not fit or not at a, a level to be playing for Germany at this sort of stage when they're playing like that. He's been like that for Juventus. I watch Serie A football. He's been like that for Juventus for most of the season. He's, I think he's on the decline and probably will be in MLS in the next year or so. Cruz isn't that type of type of player either. No, no. I don't think um, Gundogan is either. Um, no. So unless he's going to look to... to uh, to Leon Grotzka or some of the other players off his bench, I, I don't know. But I think that for Germany to get far in this competition, things need to change. Yeah, I, I'm agree with you. And you might see that against uh, South Korea, which could be a free hit for the next stage. I think for all of us who don't want to see Germany in the final, because yeah. that the, the, the South Korea could be a blessing in disguise for us. I think it could paper over some of the cracks. Yeah, it could. Um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens in the third third games in, during the week. Exactly. Right, so um, the, we also had the first game of Group G, which was the first game of today, where um, Belgium took on Tunisia. Um, and they made very light work of it very quickly. Um, Eden Hazard put um, put Belgium 1-0 up from the penalty spot. Um, Lukaku, after 16 minutes, made it 2-0. Um, Boran for Tunisia made it made it 2-1, made it a bit of a game until Lukaku made, sent, sent Belgium in uh, 3-1 at half-time. Um, another Eden Hazard goal and a goal from Batshuayi um, put the game to bed for Belgium to make it 5-1 until a, a late goal from Kahazi pulled one pulled one back for, for Tunisia. Um, another game full of Premier League goal scorers. Uh, yeah, I think bar two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and Batshuayi is defi- yeah. definitely a, a player Premier League Premier League audiences will be familiar with. Yeah, um, I think unknown. I think the first instance of um, of this game for me was uh, I thought that this was a, a really good use of VAR um, as Hazard's cutting in and there's this, this doubt as to whether the uh, the foul is in or out of the penalty box. I'm I'm still not completely sure it is in the penalty box, but I also don't think that there's anything clear or obvious about it. The referee gave a penalty on the pitch and stay with it. Yeah, it was a, a very good decision. It was a very stupid foul. It was a needless foul. I don't think he needed to make it. Hazard was... I would say he wasn't going for goal. He was like not... Because it's like on the edge of the edge of the 18-yard box, I would say. It and, was, um, yeah. Yeah, it was just a stupid, stupid needless foul. And it, it paid into Belgium's hands, who looked good for... The, the first two goals a bit shaky at the back, but punished Tunisia when they needed to, and uh, they look good today. Um, a couple of good players in uh, De Bruyne, Thomas Mounier played well, and so did uh, Hazard and Mertens, and they all looked quite dangerous when going forward. But Belgium, Lukaku's looked... finishing because they, they were two very good goals. Yes, his yes, first one, his first one where he powers it across the goalkeeper, and it is literally right in the corner. Yeah, low, low to the goalkeeper's left and the second one as he's put through a brilliant reverse pass <laughs> and the, just a little dink over a, a, a rushing out goalkeeper uh, 
he looked he looked good today. Went on to four goals, top of joint top of the uh, the rankings for the Golden Boot. Um, he's in with a good shout of that, isn't he? Because he'll undoubtedly score against England. Yeah, probably against uh, England's not fragile defence, but John Stones may be a bit of a weak link against uh, Lukaku's powerful, not I would say brutality, but the, the likely way uh, the way he likes to play. That's what yeah, Harry uh, Maguire's in there for, the man yeah, mountain. Yeah, I've watched uh, quite a bit of Harry Maguire. Being a, being a Swindon fan and seeing Maguire at Sheffield United, he's very imposing, but he's kicked on brilliantly in the last couple of years, and it's good to see him playing for England. And that, that, he could play, could switch into the centre and play him against Lukaku. Um, but his fin- Lukaku's finishing is is a bit awry. He missed a couple of chances, as, as like so did Batchwai. Batchwai missed what four, maybe five, which. Uh, yeah, a couple of those. A couple of those were the same chance, though. To be yeah, fair, to him. Like, missing can't, can't missing rebounds and stuff. Yeah, but um, Belgium, England. If, what England? I can see them putting a few past Panama tomorrow. Um, I can see England, Belgium being maybe one of the games of dormant to watch out for. I think I've got that down. I had to do some. Um, the 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 mother-in-law has a uh, a prediction competition at, at her work at every every tournament. I always do it for her. I've since the beginning. I've had that game down as a high scoring draw. I think I've gone for two all. That's, yeah, I would probably go with that. Maybe two, uh, three three, like the uh, the Portugal Spain game in the tournament, because um, they're both playing the same sort of system, like a three five two or a three four three. Both like to attack. Both can't defend. So it's like uh, we attack, you attack, we attack, we uh, you attack. So it could be like a training game. Like defense versus attack, and it could be quite entertaining. Yeah. Um, so, what do we think of, of Belgium overall? Where it scored eight goals in the group stages so far. Um, haven't played two particularly difficult teams. I think there's going to be a lot of um, a lot of shouting in the media, especially before England play tomorrow, where people are going to talk about how we could only beat this Tunisia team two one in the ninetieth yeah. minute. Um, I think that this was a very different Tunisia team because this was a Tunisia team who had something to who were playing for their lives. Yeah, and also in this in this game, Tunisia did lose two players early on who were stretched off. The goal scorer who scored the first goal got stretched off minutes later, and they lost someone else as well afterwards. So, yeah, you're going to get comparisons comparisons to that, but does it matter when you get three points on the board? No, and I just, but I just. Or to hammer this point home, because I know they're going <laughs> to give me something. I mean, you look at the match stats. Tunisia in this game had 50% possession. They, yeah. they had 50, 16 shots, five on target. Against England, I can't remember the shots, but they had one shot on target, and that was a penalty. They definitely didn't have 50% possession. Um, I don't think that people should be watching this game, comparing us to Belgium and thinking that we are absolutely terrible. And I say that before we play tomorrow, it might be absolutely <laughs> terrible. Yeah, no, because um, Belgium did look a bit dodgy defending today. Um, they're a team that can be got if you've got quality attackers. And I think Martinez, in the, in the style of football that he's playing, he's got a, an out-and-out winger, an attacking winger, playing at left wing-back, and he can't defend. He's only good at going forward in Yannick Ferreira Carrasco. And he's got... still baffles me... Um, that Roger Nijkland is nowhere near this Belgian team, but Mario Fellaini can get in. But I can see someone in the latter stages 
demolishing Belgium and you won't see Bobby Martinez in that Belgium job anymore. Okay, well you've just answered my question about whether whether Belgium right. <laughs> whether Belgium whether Belgium are slight flat track bullies. I think you're saying yes. Yes, yes and no, but um I think a better team uh in the in the latter stages uh will probably be more adaptive to them and they probably can attack them a lot better than Tunisia did today. Okay, as someone who's going to, uh, as an Everton fan who quite enjoyed the Martinez period, I, I, all I say to that is that there's a lot of criticism of him, and mm. before he's really failed, um, I I do think that perhaps there's a chance, perhaps hold my hands up a big perhaps, that he might be a little bit more um, pragmatic as 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 Belgium progress, a little bit similar to how I think England might be, where they're. In the Panama, in uh, the uh, Tunisia game, and probably in the Panama game, we haven't seen much of Eric Dyer. Huh? I do think that perhaps if we're in a team again, a bigger game, if we take the Belgian game similar, that we might see a double Dyer pivot. and Henderson. Yeah. yeah, a double pivot. So you could probably see both both coaches changing their system to suit them and who they're playing against. I can see that happening. Um, you you probably seen more of Martinez than I have been an Everton fan. So he, he seems like he likes to play this expansive style of football. He's got the players for it for Belgium and he's had to set a system for it and he's had to drop a couple of big players out of it and just trying to see if, if it works. I think some Belgian fans are hoping that it fails. If you're if it, if you're the if you're a Belgian fan, you need to be a little bit careful of what you wish for there, because yeah. the, the the buying power of your your FA is not going to go and get you a superstar coach who might who might make this work. If you every every time the England job comes around, you, you can maybe be a little bit hopeful that we laughably suggest that maybe we want a Guardiola or a Mourinho, someone like that. Belgium aren't going to attract that sort of no, sort of no. player, are they? So be well, careful what you wish for sometimes. Yeah, well, so tomorrow we've got, we finish up this the second round of um, of group games with uh, England starting off against Panama. And then I don't know what order the games are. Colombia play Japan? Uh, no, 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 I guess. I had a 50-50 chance I got it wrong. I've got Senegal, Senegal play Japan and then Colombia play Poland, Poland in the evening. Yeah, Colombia, Poland's the last game of the the round two fixtures and then we uh, move to then we move to four games a night and yeah Ross, two games Ross is going to get stressed yeah two games at three o'clock and two games at seven o'clock for the next four days excellent uh, after sorry after tomorrow excellent well thanks for your time today Matt, I, I was, Matt. <laughs> I'm already ahead of, Scott sorry about that that's alright how, all right. how rude cool of me <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your time Scott and um, uh, where can people uh, get a hold of you on on Twitter if they want to carry on any pull us up on anything we've got absolutely wrong? Uh, it's Scott underscore Monroe and Scott is spelt with one T and Monroe is M U N R O E. Excellent, right? So um, I've, I've again I've been Adam. You can get me at Adam S A one on one if you want to speak to um, speak to anyone from the the Man on the Post family in general. You can get us at at Man on the Post. Uh, the same on Instagram. Um, apart from that there's nothing left to tell me but um, enjoy the England game tomorrow everyone and um, don't forget to have your man on the post